This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Welcome to the show. Now, we begin tonight with a program that had its birth in prison. True. Boston Blackie is a fictional character created by author Jack Boyle in 1928. He grew up in Chicago, and while working as a newspaper reporter in San Francisco, he became an opium addict and was drawn into crime and was jailed for writing bad checks. Later convicted of robbery, Boyle was serving time in San Quentin when he created the character of Boston Blackie, a jewel thief and safecracker. So a lot of these stories had a ring of truth to them since Boyle could always draw on the experiences he had in the company of real crooks and bad guys. Actor Chester Morris was the best-known Blackie, playing the character in 14 Columbia films from 1941 to 1949 and in the 1944 NBC radio series, which we hear tonight. And it's the role for which Morris is best remembered. The first four stories appeared in the American Magazine way back in 1914, with Boyle writing under the pen name number 6066. From 1917 to 1919, Boston Blackie's stories appeared in the Red Book Magazine, and from 1918 they were adapted for motion pictures. And when Boston Blackie began to find success on the screen, Boyle edited the Red Book Magazine stories into a book, Boston Blackie. He revised and rearranged the order of the stories to create a cohesive narrative, a common practice at the time known in publishing as a fix-up. This was the only appearance of Boston Blackie in book form, but his adventures continue to appear in periodicals. Now, tonight, appropriately in the month of December, we hear about the tale of Rings for Santa. <laughs> Faraday, just because we're going out to have Christmas dinner together. Don't forget, you're driving an automobile, not a sleigh. Now, Blackie, okay. don't tell me you object to Inspector Faraday's being full of Christmas spirit on Christmas no. Eve. No, Mary, I just object to his voice. <laughs> Very amusing. Blackie, yeah, I know now what I should have given you for Christmas. A sense of humor. If I didn't already have one, how could I tolerate you? Well, somebody should give you both a book of instructions on how to get along. Yeah, especially he. Him. <laughs> you know we're only kidding, Mary. We are. Stop that man. Stop that man. What? Hey, did you hear that, Blackie? 
Stop him! Oh, not see it. Shopkeeper chasing a man up the street. Step on him, Faraday. We can catch him. Don't tell me what to do. Pull up to the curb now, Inspector, and I can grab him. Now, take it easy, take it Okay, we just passed him. Wait, wait, don't jump till I've slowed down a little. Well, hurry up, or he'll pass us. Now, Blackie, be careful. You mean Blackie, be quick. Well, now look out. He goes. All right, you. You hold it right here now. Let go, man. Let go, man. Sure, as soon as the shopkeeper. You just rob gets hit, and here he comes. Hold on to him. Hold on to him. He took four diamond rings out of my store. Now, give me those rings. Give them to me. I don't have no rings of yours, Mac. Oh, yes, you do. Right in your pocket here. I've watched you since you ran out of the store. You couldn't have given them to anybody. I'll hold them while you say... Okay. I did not hear. No, because I didn't take nothing. See? Well, where are my rings? I want those rings. So go find them. I got news for you. You ain't gonna find them on me. Now on to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. He took the rings out of the tray on the counter here, Inspector Faraday. You said that. Yes, but he did. He took the rings and ran out that door. So sorry, Mr. Stacy. Unless I find the stolen rings on this guy here. What can I do about it? Nothing, Faraday. Absolutely nothing. Well, Quiet, you. Look, Blackie, you and this copper pal of yours searched me twice. Out on the street and here in the store. The rings ain't on me. But they are. You took them. I saw you. If I took a Mac, where are they now? I have a pretty good idea. I hope it's better than pretty good, Blackie, because this guy's made four rings do a pretty good disappearing act. And I know how, too. Yeah. He threw them away when he saw he was being chased. That's a lie. Yes. Yes, he could have done that. He could have. I'd like to bet he didn't. Oh, go ahead, bet. Only let me alone. It's Christmas Eve. I got some place to go. I'll say you have. To headquarters, where I'm going to hold you until I find out who you are. And if you want it for anything else. The only thing I want it for is Christmas Eve dinner. Hey, Blackie. Yeah? You're supposed to be such a genius. What happened? Friend, before I'm through with you, for your Christmas dinner, I'm going to make you eat those words. Back behind the ropes, please. The passengers are coming down the gangplank now. Hey, God. God. Yes, what is it? Uh, my name's Clark. I'm here to pick up a guy who don't speak English. Say not a word of it. Would you help me find him? You know what he looks like? Yeah, yeah, he's a big guy, about 6'6", six, six, maybe 250 pounds. His name's Zabby. Well, there's a big guy coming down the gangplank now with a sign on him. Maybe that's the guy. Oh, yeah, he looks like the guy I want. Hey, Abby. Abby. Yeah, he's coming over, so I guess he understands his name, even if he doesn't understand English. Yeah, I guess so. Thanks. No trouble at all. All visitors behind the ropes, please. He took you for a ride. Sanya Abbey. Polo Grino. Redsom Clark. Redsom Clark. Brag. Sitaba Abbey. Big jerk. Braga, Redsima. All right, all right, all right. You don't know what I'm talking about, Abbey, because you don't know a word of English. But you use a gun good. Pretty good, they tell me. And if you do, we'll be speaking the same language, all right. Where are those rings, Martin? Where are they? Listen, Clark, I told you I don't have them. You're lying. I know you took them out of the store because I saw you run out of the place and beat it up the street. Well, if you'd hung around, you'd have seen me nabbed and hauled off the police headquarters. If you were caught by the police, you'd still be in jail. Not me. I ain't got no record, remember? 
Wacky and that cop Faraday took me down there, checked on me, and let me go. All right, you ran into trouble, but you got out of it. Now, where are those rings? I ain't got them. You em. took them out of the store, so why haven't you got them? Calm down and give me a chance to tell you. I'll give you just ten seconds to hand over those rings. Ah. I spotted a jewelry store and cased it for you. Now, don't try to cross me. Hey, now, look, don't get tough, or maybe I'll just leave the rings lay right where they are. Oh, you will. <laughs> yeah, I will. Hey, let go of me. Sure. After I've taught you a little lesson. Huh? Hey, Abby, that told him. Hey, who's that monster? He's a character wanted for murder in Europe. A friend of mine sent him to me for Christmas. Friend, huh? He don't understand no English, but he's tough. I'm going to prove that to you. Yeah? Abby. There's Bruno. Abby, lead a lock. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey, call this guy off. Call him off, I'll tell you. Call him off. Yeah. Almost broke my jaw, clock. Abby. Struf Gondolak. Yes, Dragon. You lay off now, Martin. That is, unless you still have the idea you're not telling me what you did with those rings. Sure, I'll tell you. The jeweler was chasing me. I see a Santa Claus up the street ringing his bell and collecting stuff. So? So when I passed him just before Blackie grabbed me, I threw the rings in a big iron pot the Santa Claus had. Nobody saw me, and I know how to get them back. You better. No, I thought for a minute there that you was going to be the only guy in history who gave Santa Claus a present. Blackie, what's yeah. the matter with you and Inspector Faraday? Everybody else in this restaurant is having fun, but look at you two. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Mary. I don't like what that guy Joe Martin did to us this evening. And I don't like the fact that we had nothing on him in the file at headquarters. No. Eat your dinner, both of you. All right. This is Christmas Eve, and we're supposed to be having a party. When we let Martin go, my appetite went with him. Well, Blackie, what did he do with those rings? Who knows? He took them according to the jeweler, but he got rid of them somehow without being seen. Apparently, he didn't throw them away because we searched the street. Well, when you two see Santa Claus, tell him that what you want for Christmas is an explanation of how Martin got rid of those rings. Hey, wait a minute, Mary. That's not a bad thought. Hmm? No. I know how those rings were hidden and why they haven't been found. Oh, now, wait a minute, Blackie. What's Santa Claus got to do with that? Martin gave the rings to Santa Claus. What? Blackie, haven't you heard? There ain't no Santa Claus. Mm, there was one ringing a little bell on the corner near the jewelry store. Yes, and Martin passed him just a few seconds before I caught up with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. but how would Martin give those rings to Santa Claus without Santa Claus knowing it? By tossing them in his collection bucket, Faraday. Come on, we're getting out of here. Blackie, that Santa Claus won't still be there. No, but all those street corner St. Nick's are working for the Welfare Society. Yeah, so? I'll call them, and they'll tell me where we can find the guy. You, you think Santa Claus still has the rings, huh? Yeah. If Martin hasn't found him by now and taken them back, in which case we'll find Santa Claus has been clipped. <laughs> Joe Martin, Clark. Come in. It's me. Never mind the introduction. Where are the rings? Well, keep two-ton Tony from the bed away from me. I got the rings right here. Well, where I want them is right here in my hand. Sure, sure. Here you are. Thanks. <laughs> Have any trouble with Santa Claus? Yeah, no. The plan worked great. Good. <laughs> You'll never even be able to tell anybody I was there. <laughs> Well, I'll be a good little boy. 
I take you in to see Santa Claus, Faraday, and maybe he'll bring you a nice little promotion. Yeah. Look, he's an off-duty Santa Claus right now. I know. According to the Welfare Society, his name is Henry James. How many more flights are there? Only this is a fine way to spend Christmas Eve. Well, we may spend from now till New Year's working on a murder case, Faraday, if the welfare agency was right. Yeah. And another guy phoned for information about the same Santa Claus just before we did. I know. Oh, finally, here's the door. Yeah, if, he's, if he's in the kind of trouble you claim he is, he won't be in any condition to answer the door. Don't remind me. When your theories, you had no right to think he's dead. I hope I'm wrong. But I'll guarantee you, if he's not dead, he's tied up or unconscious or... Both. Well, if you're so smart, you have that all figured out. You ought to be smart enough to know the only way we'll get in is to open the door ourselves. Brilliant deduction, Inspector. Yeah, and it's all mine. I'll try the door to see if it's locked. Blackie, how do you think up such wonderful ideas? Uh-oh. Somebody's opened it for us. Well, sorry to keep you gentlemen waiting so long. I was taking a nap. Are you Henry James? Yes. The Santa Claus on the corner near that jewelry store that was robbed earlier this evening? Yes, yes, I am. Well, I'm Boston Blackie, and this is Inspector Faraday of the police. Oh, how do you do? I I saw you catch the thief, Blackie. You did? Uh, Won't you come in? Thank you. Uh, James. Yeah? Did you have a visitor a little while ago? A visitor? Yeah. Oh, I had no visitor. No one came here and held you up to get back the four stolen rings he tossed in your collection? Why, why, no, Inspector Faraday. No one's been here. And my collection bucket's right here on the table. It's untouched. This collection bucket of yours hasn't been touched, James? Certainly not. Blackie, according to you, Joe Martin tossed the rings in the Santa Claus collection bucket. This is it. I know. According to you, Martin called the Welfare Society and found out where this particular Santa Claus lived. Somebody asked about Mr. James before I called. You don't say. But Mr. James says nobody's been here. Well, you ought to know. And you ought to know how ridiculous you are. Mm. I've looked through this collection bucket and there are no rings here. Nothing but coins. Santa Claus wasn't held up here. No rings were ever dropped in his bucket out on the street. Blackie, how wrong can a guy get? And now, back to Boston Blackie. Joe Martin steals four rings from a jewelry store. Just before he is caught by Boston Blackie, he runs down the street and tosses the rings into the collection box of a street corner Santa Claus. Later, at Santa's room, he apparently recovers the jewelry. But when Blackie and Inspector Faraday come to see Santa, Santa, whose real name is Henry James, insists that his collection box has not been touched. As we return to our story, Blackie continues his questioning. Look, Mr. James. Yeah, Blackie. Faraday has gone back to headquarters because he thinks I am wrong. Maybe he's right. But I still say that Martin tossed those rings into your collection bucket. Believe me, Blackie, the collection is right here. It's untouched. I was about to take it to the Welfare Society, and as I said before, no one's been here to see me. No one but you and the inspector. You're sure you're not playing Santa Claus to Joe Martin? Working with a thief? I should say not. I don't know why you should think so. Because when I called the Welfare Society to get your name and address, I was told there'd been another call inquiring about you just a half an hour before. Is that so? I think that was Joe Martin calling to find out where he could find you. 
Well, no Joe Martin came here, Blackie. In fact, nobody did. And you've been right here in your room ever since you came back to get out of your Santa Claus suit? Yeah, yeah, Blackie. Every minute, every... No, 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 wait, now wait. I was out for just a minute on, on the telephone at the end of the hall. Who was on the phone and when was this? Oh, about, uh, about 20 minutes ago. It was a man at the Welfare Society asked me if I'd collected a lot of money tonight. Did the man say who he was? No, no, just that he was an officer of the society. I, I wouldn't have known him if he had given his name. I work for the society only at Christmas time. That's it, then. While you were on the phone talking to Martin or some friend of his, either Martin or an accomplice slipped in here and got back those stolen rings. Isn't that possible? Well, yes, yes, it is. My, my back was to the hall while I was on the phone, and uh, the door to this room was partially open. And thanks to what you've just told me, Mr. James, this case is practically closed. <laughs> now, Mary, don't stuff me so... <laughs> So full of pillows that I can't stand up. Blackie, you want to look like a big, fat, jolly Santa Claus, don't you? (laughs) Yes, but not like an overstuffed chair. (laughs) You're well padded and your coat's buttoned up. (laughs) Now, try on your beard and let's see how you look. (laughs) Say, if I get clipped with this thing on my face, you might say my assailant is beating around the bush. Oh, Blackie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) how do I look? With your cap on, I'd never know you, and that would be all right with me. Well, uh, you think that uh, Joe Martin will know me? Oh, I don't think so. He doesn't know you as well as I do to begin with. I wish you wouldn't try this, though, Blackie. It's the only thing I can do, since Faraday wouldn't give me any help but Martin's address. Well, in a way, he can't be blamed for not offering you any help. This isn't a murder case. And besides, you've been wrong all along. According to him, that is. Well, Well, uh, young lady, hand me that sack of phony presents, and uh, I'll put this case in the bag. Faraday, homicide. Hello, Inspector. This is Mary Wesley. All right. Let's have it, Miss Wesley. Uh, Have what? Blackie's newest theory on how to make me waste my time. Blackie's newest plan isn't going to waste any of your time, Inspector. In fact, you may not have enough time to get down there and help him. Get down where? Well, after you gave him that fellow Martin's address, he got dressed in a Santa Claus suit and went down there alone. What's he bothering Martin for? Well, we haven't he... got anything on him. Well, Blackie is positive that Martin retrieved those stolen rings from Santa Claus's collection bucket. And I'm positive Blackie's positively out of his mind. Well, anyway, I think you ought to go over to Martin's right away. You know the way Blackie's little schemes sometimes get him into trouble. This time I hope he gets himself into plenty of trouble. Well, gee. Yeah, maybe it'll get him out of my hair. <laughs> I got to hand it to you, Clark. That yeah. was a slick trick calling that Santa Claus at his house and keeping him on the phone while I sneaked in and got the rings out of his collection. Uh, I was just luck that it worked. <laughs> <laughs> what would we have done, Martin, if he'd taken his collection right down from his corner to the Welfare Society? Yeah, that would have been just too bad, I guess. Uh, too bad for you. Why? Well, because my boy Abby knows how to use a gun as well as his fists. Hey, look, you got the rings back, didn't you? Yeah, sure. Over there on the table. I came to your room to be sure I got him back. Ah. But Abby's going to be my chief assistant from now on in charge of guys who make mistakes. Understand? Okay, I understand. But it's sure going to be tough working with a guy who can't speak English or understand it. I don't want him to be easy to work with. If you can't talk to him, you can't get friendly with him. Trigger men shouldn't have friends. They can... hey, wait a minute. Who's there? 
<laughs> Santa Claus. Get rid of him, Martin. Okay. Merry Christmas, son. Merry Christmas. Hey, fatso, beat it. The same Santa, Martin? No. Beat it, Mac. You got the wrong house. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas, my boy. Can you spare Beat a... it, I said. Now, wait a minute, Martin. He's collecting for the poor. Let him come in a minute. Okay. Come on, Santa. Come on in. <laughs> Thank you. And a Merry Christmas. Uh, what do you want from us, Santa? Oh, anything you care to give. Just anything to help make it a Merry Christmas for the poor. Like those four diamond rings on the table there. How about letting me give that beer to you as a touch? Hey, no. Hey, it's Boston Black. I thought it was some kind of gag. Watch out, he's going to swing that sack he's carrying. Oh. You'll have to swing it faster than that. Good work, Martin. You really flattened him. Now get him up on his feet. I've got a gun on him. Sure. Oh, come on, Blackie. Get up. <sighs> Thanks. What are you going to do with him? You can't kill him here. I'm going to turn him over to Abby and let Abby take him for a little walk. Hey, Abby. This is pretty dangerous, Clark. be a whole lot more dangerous if Blackie stays alive. Don't forget he's seen the rings and I'm wanted for murder out west and Blackie can describe me. I sure can. Hey, Abby. What's the matter with that big hunk? Sanya, Abby. You're a tag jalarof yasada, nugula. Sena. Okay, Martin, he knows. <laughs> Just what kind of language is that? Quiet, Blackie. All you have to know is that Abby's taking you for a walk with a gun in your back. Oh, that's pleasant. Abby Uka. Come on, Clark. Have Abby get this guy out of here. The cops may not be far behind him. We'd better wait until those carol singers outside go away. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, they won't suspect anything. I'll have Abby take them out right now. But what about those carol singers? They're just outside the house. I'll tell Abby to keep a gun on Blackie and shoot him if he opens his mouth. Hey, I got a better idea. Make Blackie sing and keep him singing. Then it'll seem like he's happy going down the street with Abby. Uh, good idea. Uh, I'm really not in good voice this evening, gentlemen. And you won't be in good condition when Abby gets through with you. Quiet, Martin. Hey, Abby. Sodoretsum, Blackie Lingo, Finistuda. Bang, bang. <laughs> bang, bang. Thank you, Redsum, Clark. All right, all right. Go on, get going. Start singing, Blackie. Go on, start singing. The command performance, huh? Oh, I didn't know you had such an appreciation for my talent. So long, Blackie. So long. So long. I said keep singing, Blackie. If you stop once more, Abby will shoot. I won't stop then. So long. So long, sucker. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Give me help. I can't yelp, but I'm on a spot. Where we'll go, I don't know, but I know I'll be shot. Hey, what that guy says. When I passed, jump him fast. Oh, listen to my squawk. Hey, listen to those words. I have words. to sing this silly thing, because he'll kill me if I talk. Hey, I don't think that what guy's What you shit. speak to him is Greek. He doesn't know a thing. Come on, let's jump the guy. So Watch out for gunny. I'll right. just pass you by oh. and let you hear me sing. All right, forget him. That's a here, here, let me out of him, fellas. I can take care of myself now. Hey, nice punch, mister. <laughs> nice going yourself, fellas. For understanding those words I was singing. Okay, but at first we thought you were nuts. 
Hey, here comes the police car. Hey, Blackie, you all right? Well, Faraday, you decided to give me some help after yeah, all. Yeah. When Miss Wesley phoned me and said you were going through with your crazy plan, I thought I'd better get down here and keep you out of trouble. Who was the big guy on the sidewalk? The guy working for Martin and his buddy who was going to give me a one-way ride into the country. Oh, great. He's safe here. Let's go into the house and get Martin and his friend. They wanted to go out west. Yeah, come on. Oh, look. There they go making a breakfast. Yeah. Well, let's break up that break. Stop, you. Stop in the name of the law. Watch out, Martin. They're trying to shoot their way out. This will stop him. Yeah, that made him suck. Come on, let's grab him. Watch out, Blackie. That guy's got a gun. You bet I have. You're not going to get a chance to use it, though, boy. I... I've got this one. Take care of the other one, Faraday. Don't tell me what to do. Okay. Okay, okay, lay off, copper. No more, Blackie, no more. Okay, Martin, no more. If you give me those rings. Clark's got them. Come on, you, Clark. Let's have them. Yeah. Okay, here they are. Here. One, two, three, four. They're all there, Faraday. Good. And Martin, Clark, and their pal, Abby, are all yours. Wow. You take these guys back to my squad car, will you, Blackie? After this chase, I'm tired. Oh, great, old man. Yeah. I go all out to catch these guys, and you're the one who's all in. <laughs> Morning, Turkey. Uh, Inspector Faraday? Yeah, a little bit, Miss Wesley. Mm-hmm. And Blackie? How about you? Well, I'll have more of everything, Barry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if Turkey were brain food, I'd say you had plenty of room for it, Blackie. Now, Inspector, this is Christmas Day. You and Blackie promise not to fight. <laughs> Barry, he's still upset because the case we just worked on didn't involve a murder. <laughs> you, you talk as if I like murder, Blackie. Yeah, you must like it, Inspector. The way you've murdered that turkey. Very droll. You mean very drool, don't you? <laughs> now she's telling me what I mean. This thing must be contagious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Inspector, I'm glad the stolen rings case wasn't more complicated than it turned out to be. Yeah, I'm glad we got it solved before Christmas was over. <laughs> me too. Well, Inspector, men generally put a ring on a finger. But because Clark and Martin stole some rings, we put the finger on them. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Dick Calmer. Every week after we finish one of our Boston Blackie shows, I indicate what I hope we'll be doing the following week. Uh-huh. Look, Blackie. Now, just a second. This time, it's going to be a little different. Uh, Blackie, what's with you? What is going on here? Just a minute, Faraday, please. Mm-hmm. Friends, I said I'm not going to tell you what we will be doing next week. That's good. I'm going to tell you what we hope you will be doing. Very confusing. Isn't almost everything confusing to you, Inspector? Dick. Uh, listen, everybody. What for? Now, patience, Faraday, patience. Next week, I hope you and everyone you know and love will be enjoying the best holiday season you ever had. Yeah, now... That the next year will be a great year for all of you. Could I say something, Blackie? You, Inspector, can say anything, and you probably will. All I say is, Merry Christmas to our listeners, Blackie. Merry Christmas to them all. Well, genius, how about one of your usual taglines? <laughs> Not this time, Faraday. Mm-hmm. All I say to everybody from Mary Wesley and all our cast is, until our next meetings, season's greetings.
Stay tuned for Duffy's Tavern next on Theater of the Mind. The Christmas spirit is somewhat lagging at Duffy's Tavern. In fact, you could even call Archie the bartender a Christmas crank. It's Wednesday night, so we take you now to Duffy's Tavern, starring Archie himself, Ed Gardner. The program you're about to hear is brought to you with a wish. A wish from Bristol Myers that your Christmas may be merry and that the new year for all of us be a happy and a peaceful one. Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Where do you late meat to eat? Archie demands his bacon. Duffy ain't here. Hello, Duffy. Huh? Look, please don't give me that Merry Christmas stuff. I sound like I got up on the wrong side of the floor this morning. Look, Duffy, I had one eggnog. Just happened that I hit some bad nutmeg. (laughs) Well, if you want to know, I'm a little sore about your gratuity for Christmas. That lousy Christmas card. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. P.S. After you read this, get back to work. (laughs) Fine sentiment this time of the year. Well, after nine years, I thought maybe I might get some little present. Some little luxury, some little thing I wouldn't think of getting for myself. Like money. (laughs) Huh? Look, Duffy, someday you're going to leave this veil of tears. You're going to leave it with your pockets bulging with bills, but I'm warning you. Where you're going, you're going to find that paper money ain't going to last long. (laughs) I leave you with that thought for today. Christmas. Seven days a week, 18 hours a day. I work my grindstone to the nose. (laughs) What do I get? Nothing but gratitude. And very little of that. Merry Christmas, Miss Arthur. What's so merry about it, Eddie? Starvation wages, no dough to buy nothing. Oh, you got a little dough. Yeah, but how far will it take me with the present prices of economics? <laughs> the landlady sends me a notice. From the first of the year run, your apartment will be $9 a month. <laughs> $9 for four lousy rooms. Uh, does that include bath? Who knows? (laughs) Never get to see the place the way I have to work around here, but does Duffy care? Well, don't let it get you, Mr. Arthur. You see, this is the time of the year to forget your trouble. Christmas is a time when you should be thinking about helping other people out. Helping other people out, huh? When Gorilla Hogan got drunk and nasty here last night and started picking on me, did you help me out? Uh, I couldn't. See, I was back in the kitchen cooking. What takes a half an hour to cook? With Gorilla Hogan drunk and nasty, a couple of three-minute eggs. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. When I'm in a fight and I need help, you disappear. Yeah, but you always bragging about what a wonderful fighter you are. You certainly picked the funniest times to start believing me. <laughs> yeah, give me that Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas, boys. Merry Christmas, Miss Duff. Archie, I said Merry Christmas. Are you kidding? What have I got to be merry about working for that cheapskate old man of yours? Archie, you just don't know Papa. He really isn't cheap. No, that's right. Once in an outburst of generosity, he gave away his toenail clippings. (laughs) 
What about the time he took your old lady on their honeymoon? Where did they go? Niagara Falls. That's what he told everybody, Niagara Falls. But what he really did, they stayed home and your old man let the water run in the bathtub while he showed your mother a box of shredded wheat. <laughs> Tell me how cheap the guy is. Just a minute. Hello? Oh, just a second. It's your girlfriend, Vera Fogarty. Oh, okay. Uh, hello, Vera. How did you do with Santa Claus? Okay, but no presents, huh? <laughs> can't have everything, Vera. What's on your mind? A dance? Where? At the Y? M or W? <laughs> the YW, huh? Well, okay, Vera, I'll go. But this time, you've got to lead. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll meet you at Chimelbacher's. Well, so long, everybody. I got a heavy date. Uh, what are you going to do tonight, Archie? Me? I think I'll just spend a quiet evening standing around disappointing pickpockets. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Arch. Merry Christmas to you. Oh, hello, Finnegan. Uh, ain't you gonna wish me a Merry Christmas? Yeah, Merry Christmas. Did you hang up your stocking? Oh, no, Arch. I hung up my stocking last year and it was a bum idea. <laughs> A bum idea? Yeah, the blood kept rushing to me head. And again, what I meant was, did you get any presents for Christmas? Oh, a few things, Archie. Me mother gave me some building blocks. Monogrammed, of course. Uh -huh. And uh, my sister gave me a bottle of bubble bath. Bubble bath? Yeah, and is that stuff a fake? What do you mean a fake? I sat in a tub and took four drinks of it, and I couldn't even blow a single bubble. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just dropped in to say hello. Uh, I got to run along. Uh. You got to run along? Where you going? I'm going over to sing Christmas carols. Oh, yeah? Where? At Water McGuikes. Oh. Uh, you going over, Art? No, I'm not. How come? Didn't invite me. Oh, oh. Duh, well, I'll be seeing you, Archie. Then you, you mean you ain't going to spend Christmas with me like you usually do? Well, Arch, I thought you was going to McGuigs, too, so I accepted. Uh, hey, uh, you ain't sure, are you? No, no. Why should I be sore? Go ahead. Have a good time. Well, uh, Merry Christmas, Arch. Merry Christmas, Clifton. Fine Christmas. No bonus. Your friends walk out on you. The next guy that says Merry Christmas to me, I'm going to punch him right in the nose. Ah, what's the use? Eddie. Uh, yeah. Eddie, turn on the radio, will you? Maybe it'll snap me out of this mood. Okay. Eddie, that's Christmas music. Take it off, will you? Get me something with some pep in it. Okay, I'll try another station. Eddie, Eddie, please, I asked you, didn't I? Well, Mr. Archer, I don't think there's anything on the radio but Christmas music. Well, keep pushing them buttons. There must be something else on here. Yeah? Eddie, what are you trying to do, drive me nuts? Hmm? 
But look bad, I'm running out of buttons. <laughs> okay, forget about it. Well, I think we'd better lock up the place. It's getting late. Okay. I'll go clean up in the kitchen. All right, do that. That's Christmas music. I ain't got enough trouble at this time of the year. They got to put on music that makes them even sadder. Hello there, Archie. Huh? Hey, how did you get in here? Walked in. That's funny. I thought I just locked the door. We was closing up. Oh, and maybe I'd better leave. Listen, you said Archie. How did you know my name? Oh, I've heard about you. Oh, well, I'm pretty well known around here. Will you have a little drink, bud? No, I don't think so. Go ahead, it's on the house. On the house? Sure, it's Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, huh? Well, anyway, it's a day in December. What do you have? Well, maybe I'll take a glass of water. Water here? <laughs> you kidding? Here, mister, we got some pretty good wine here. At least have a glass of wine, huh? Look, i never seen you around here before. How did you happen to come in here to the tavern? Oh, I was just walking around, saw the lights, thought I'd drop in. You, uh, you don't think much of Christmas, do you, Archie? Oh, you got me wrong. I love it. I wouldn't be without it. Good old Christmas. <laughs> the time of the year when after you work for a guy for nine years and knock your brains out, he says to you, Merry Christmas, Archie. The time when even your closest friend walks out on you. Well, maybe there's another side to Christmas. Oh, yeah? Like what? Well, like, like the look on a kid's face when he sees what Santa Claus has left in his stocking. Uh-huh. Or like the feeling in a man's heart when his family's around him on Christmas Eve. You see, Christmas isn't a thing you can reach out and touch, Archie. It's a thing inside us. Look, bud, I can see you've been running around with a different class of people. Around this neighborhood, every guy is out for himself. Oh, I don't know. I think this neighborhood and the people are pretty much the same as most others. Oh, I know he's a stranger. Well, I, I could be wrong. Why don't you and I take a little walk? You mean you want to see for yourself? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little fresh air will do you good, Archie. Fresh air? Are you inferring this joint as an incinerator? <laughs> well, no. Well, it is. Come on, let's go. Uh, hey, Eddie, keep an eye on the joint, will you? Listen to that, will you? Not only don't you only get it over the radio, you can't even walk along a public street with that belting it at you. I kind of like it. You like it? Well, everybody throws his own poison. Did you ever listen to the words of that tone? Did you? I should. I had to listen to them all day. All is calm, all is bright. How do you like that? The world is a mess. Everybody has his hand in the other guy's pocket, but... Don't make no difference to the guy that wrote that song. To him, all is bright. Well, maybe the guy that wrote that song was thinking about something in men's hearts. Something that shines a little brighter on a day like this. Didn't you ever sing Christmas carols, Archie? Oh, yeah. Christmas carols, sure. When I was a punk kid and I didn't know no better. But you have to grow up someday. Well, that's the trouble with a lot of us. Maybe we're not growing up. Maybe we're just losing track of things that matter. Like what? Oh, things like faith, tolerance, human kindness. That's nice. And where does one find them things? You don't find them, Archie. You give them. It's a funny thing. The more you give, the more you have. Uh, say, why don't we drop in over there? 
Huh? Across the street. Across the street? That's a church. Yeah, I know. Why don't we drop in for a second? Into a church? Why not? But I, I wouldn't know how to act. You uh, don't go to church, huh? Well, no, I'm not rapping it, you know. It's just that there's two types of guys when it comes to going to church. There's them that doesn't, them that don't. <laughs> I happen to be the type that don't. Well, now, why don't you just drop in with me for a second, hmm? Well, I guess if I go with somebody else, it won't count against me. Uh, funny thing, though, you know, to take a look at you, I wouldn't figure that you was the religious type. No? No, but that's what I say. You never can tell about people. Okay, leave us go in. Nice in here, isn't it? Yeah, but it's kind of quiet. Yeah. I guess this is one of the few places left where you can find peace and quiet. That's what I can't understand. People just come in here and they sit. They, they just sit, they don't do nothing. Oh, yes, they do. They pray, meditate. Some of them even come in here to keep warm. Couldn't they do that just as well at home? Maybe some of them don't have a home. You see? That's what I've been trying to tell you. It's a pretty tough world. It'd be tougher if they didn't have a place like this to come to. Didn't you ever pray, Archie? Oh, sure, when I was a kid. What was that prayer again? They land us, uh, off on a what in heaven, hollow bit I named, I, I did... Well, you know the thing I mean. But, look, mister, please. Please, leave us, leave us get out of here and begin to get the heebie-jeebies. All right. Uh, look, just a second, bud. What? What are you doing? Well, the sign says help the poor, don't it? I thought you believed in everybody helping themselves. Well, I do, but tonight maybe I'm a little superstitious. Or maybe it's just because it's Christmas. Look, Mr. Please, don't start with a piece on that stuff, will you? I told you I'd take you around, show you the neighborhood and what it's really like now. Please, let's keep it that way. Just a minute, I want to pick up a paper. Paper? Yeah, that triple kid there. Nice kid, Jimmy Turner. Triple, huh? Yeah, he ain't walked in years, but he's always got a smile for everybody, and I like to help him out once in a while. Paper, read all about it. Get your paper. Hi, Jimmy. Hello, Archie. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, kid. Well, Jimmy, it's a little tough not being able to walk, isn't it? Oh, I ain't kicking. I can yell. That's all I need for this racket. What'd you get for Christmas, Jimmy? Nothing much. But it's okay. I got my Christmas present last summer. Last summer? Yeah. One of my customers took me up to the Yankee Stadium to see the Yanks play. You like the Yanks, Jimmy? Like them. Did you ever see that DiMaggio play ball? Oh, give me a paper, son. Okay, mister. Here you are. Latest edition. Thanks, kid. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, mister. You were talking about Joe DiMaggio, Jimmy. Oh, boy. What a ball player. That DiMaggio's the greatest outfield in the world. And the way that guy can pull him. Jimmy, do you know who that was who bought the paper just now? Who? That was Joe DiMaggio. You're kidding. No, no. Look at him. He just stopped there by that streetlight. Joe DiMaggio? You mean Joe bought a paper from me and I didn't even recognize him? Wait a minute. Maybe I can get him to come back. Hey, DiMaggio. Hey, DiMaggio. Hey, you. You calling me? Yes. You know, you've got quite an admirer in that crippled newsboy over there. Me? Yeah. Now, now look. You're Joe DiMaggio. And if that kid could shake hands with you, it'd be the best Christmas present he ever got. Would you do it? Of course I will. Be glad to. 
Come on, let's go over to him. No, just a minute. Let him walk over to you. But, mister, I told you, the kid can't walk. Well, let's find out, Archie. <clears throat> oh, Jimmy. Joe DiMaggio wants to shake hands with you. Yeah, come on, Jimmy. Come on over and shake hands. But, gee, Joe, don't you see? I can't. I... Come on, Jimmy. Joe. Joe, I'm walking. Dimaggio. You see what I'm doing, Dimaggio? I'm walking. <laughs> can't understand it. It's positively incredible. What's the matter? That kid back there. I seen him sitting on that corner like that for the past six years, and tonight the kid is walking. Maybe he could have walked all the time. No. No, he couldn't. You did it. You did it by, by telling him that was Joe DiMaggio. It was. Now, look, you can fool a kid, but don't try to fool me. It, it couldn't have been DiMaggio. Oh? Certainly not. I just read in the papers this morning DiMaggio was spending Christmas with his family in San Francisco. Hey, look, this, this thing is getting a little weird. Nice town, San Francisco. Huh? Oh. Well, I ain't never been that far west. Uh, San Francisco, your hometown? No, no. Uh, where are you from? I'm from the east. The east? Uh, what town? A small town called Bethlehem. Bethlehem, huh? Hey, you know anybody in Allentown? <laughs> I might. A uh, guy by the name of Lou Grant? Lou Grant. Uh, does he run a bar and grill on Front Street? Yeah, that's the guy. Well, you should get around, don't you? Uh, what are you, one of them traveling salesmen or something? Well, I guess you might call me that. Well, say, what's the excitement? What's the crowd doing in front of that hotel? Where? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, lady. Lady, what's going on here? That man, that man up there on the ledge. Where? Up there on the window ledge of the hotel. He says he's going to jump at midnight. Why? I don't know. I guess he's crazy. He says he never wants to see another Christmas. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you can hardly blame the guy. Wait. There goes the chimes. Must be quarter to twelve. Let me check my watch here. Yeah. The guy's got exactly 15 minutes before he jumps. Let's stick around. Are you sure of the time? Well, certainly. I always set me watch by them chimes. Well, how long has he been up there? Oh, for hours. The police have been trying to find his wife. His wife? Yes. They think maybe if they found her, she could talk him out of it. Come on, Archie. Where are you going? I'd like to talk to that fellow. Are you crazy? They ain't gonna let you in that hotel. Look at the cops guarding the doorway. Besides, you can't do nothing with a guy like that. He's nuts. I'd like to talk to him anyway. Okay, have it your way. We'll tell the cops we live in a hotel. But uh, I better go along with you. Hey, wait a minute, you. Where do you think you're going? We live here. Uh, me and me friend here was just going up to our suite. You and what friend? That guy there. That guy that just walked in. Nobody walked in this hotel, bud. And nobody's going to walk in. Okay, so nobody walked in. What am I going to do, argue with you? I'm telling you, I just come in with the guy. Look, son. Why don't you go home and sleep it off? Listen, you. Don't come near or try to grab me. If you do, I'll jump. I'm not going to grab you. I just came to talk to you. To see if maybe I could change your mind. Too late to change my mind. As soon as those chimes ring, I'm jumping. I'm not afraid to die. Maybe you're afraid to live. 
lot of people are. What have I got to live for? What have any of us got to live for? Look at those people down there on the street, hundreds of them, waiting for a ray of hope, a sign of courage in this frightened world. What you're doing might extinguish the last spark of faith in many of their tired hearts. Their tired hearts. At least their wives are with them at Christmas. Come on, chimes ring. Ring. Let's get it over with. Your wife means a lot to you, doesn't she? If she didn't, do you think I'd be up here? I haven't had one peaceful moment since she left me. Why did she leave you? Because I was a fool. Because I... But it's too late to think of that. Oh, why don't those chimes ring out and get it over with? What's slowing them up? Nothing's slowing them up. It's just that in these last moments, the seconds seem like years. You've come back. My darling. Those chimes. I was going to jump when I heard that. Yes, I know. I know. I was afraid I was too late. Thank God I got here in time. Glad I found you again. Hey, it's you. How did you do it, mister? How'd you stop that guy from jumping? Just talked to him until his wife came. She just got there in time. Yeah. Funny how she just got there in time, wasn't it? What do you mean? Well, it happens I was looking at me watch, timing it out to see when the guy was going to jump. So? Them chimes rang four minutes late. Maybe your watch is slow. Oh, no, it ain't. Remember, I checked it with the chimes a little while ago, and them bells has never been wrong. Well, come on. Leave us get out of here. I'm getting back to the tavern. This is a little too spooky for me. Okay, we'll, we'll take a cab. There, there's an empty one. Where to, fellas? We want to go to Duffy's tavern. Quick. Okay. Uh, how about a little music? Wait a minute. There it is. Driver, please. Take that thing off of there, will you? Get something else. Okay, okay. Oh, what's the use? Leave it on there. Uh, look, mister. Yeah? You know something? You stay pretty calm considering all the crazy things that have been happening tonight. It's a little weird. First the newsboy. Then the guy on the window ledge. Well, we all have our troubles, Archie. We all get off the track once in a while. We just need something bigger than ourselves to steer us straight. I mean, something like religion? Call it that. Call it human kindness, tolerance, understanding. Begin to see what you mean. Hey, driver, watch out for that guy. Look, don't worry, taxi, it wasn't your fault. The guy walked right out in front of you. Yeah, yeah, did, did you see him, mister? He walked right out in front of me. Well, let's see how badly he's hurt. Hey, we better call a cop. Hey, here comes a cop now. All right, all right, stand back here, the poor devil a chance. Now, what happened here? Well, the guy walked right out in front of the cab. Yeah, the driver's right, officer. It wasn't a taxi's fault. We was riding along, and all of a sudden, this guy stepped right out in front of the cab. Like he was blind. Hey, wait a minute. He is a blind man. There's this cane there. Here, maybe I can help him. Wait a minute, you take your hands off him. It's against the law. Wait till the ambulance gets here. Against the law to help someone? You heard me. You never know when you're doing them more harm than good. All right, officer, just as you say. Hey, 
Hey, wait a minute. Look. The guy's getting up. What? What hit me? The crowd and the noise. I was all confused. Tell me, what? Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Lights and faces. I can see. I can see. Easy now, mister. You'd better not try to get up. I'm all right, I tell you. And I can see. For the first time since Okinawa, I can see. Uh, I didn't mean to hit you, bud. You didn't mean to hit him. You've done him a favor. The guy says he can see. Hey, the, the shock must have given back his sight. No. No, it wasn't that. Someone touched me. I felt a cool hand. And the minute he touched me, I was all right. Where is he? Where is he? Come on, Archie. Let's go. We've done all we can. Well, it certainly is good to be back in a tavern again. I think we'd better have a little drink, though. Uh, you want to finish your wine, bud? No, thanks. Yeah, you know something? I'm, I'm all mixed up. Mixed up? Yeah, about this Christmas stuff. Well, you see, Archie, as I said, Christmas isn't just a date on a calendar. Or a reef in a window or a song. It's something in men's hearts. They can let it die or keep it in their hearts the year round. 365 days of Christmas. You know, it's a funny thing. If you'd said that to me a little while ago, I'd have, I'd have laughed in your face. But now I don't know. I don't know. Wait a second. I'd, I'd like to turn on the radio a minute. Okay, go ahead. Hey, that's a good one. I wonder what happened to that silent night. All night long, they played that same tune, and it drove me nuts. Now, all of a sudden, I got a feeling I'd kind of like to hear it again. Hey, Mr. Archie. Mr. Archie. Mr. Archie. Huh? Uh, what is it, Eddie? I finally got you some dance music on the radio. Eddie, I don't want no dance music. Turn it off, will you? I wish you'd make up your mind. Uh, look, mister... Until you walked in here today, I... Hey, Eddie. Eddie, what happened to that guy I was talking to? Well, nobody talking to you. You're nuts. He was standing here at the bar. He came in with me. Mr. Archie, please, there's nobody here. No? Maybe it was all... Eddie, you, you sure that there was nobody here? No. Must have been seeing things. Maybe you're right. But I... Wait a minute. This glass of wine here. The glass is half empty. What? Nothing, Eddie, nothing. Just leave me alone for a little while, will you? Uh, okay. Good night, Miss Art. Good night, Eddie. Eddie? Yeah. Merry Christmas. Oh, thanks, Miss Art. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Good night. Good night. Christmas. Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. 
to you with every good wish for a very merry, a very happy Christmas. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Challenge of the Yukon, followed by Fibber McGee and Molly. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.